All right, we're excited for another episode here of The Sports Life. The big thing today is the first time we're doing an interview guest. We're not just doing, you know, just having a guest on like Uncle Clint or a family member. We actually are going to be doing an interview at the close of this, so we're pretty excited about that. But in terms of topics, we're doing a look back at the Super Bowl. As everybody knows, Caden and I launched a pod right after the Super Bowl. Caden was like falling asleep. We were a little bit sloppy, but we did the best job we could coming right off the game. Now we had a little bit of time to digest some of the things that happened at the game, and we just wanted to have a little closing uh, closing touches on what we thought about the Super Bowl. We're going to jump into a little bit how the media really jumps onto this GOAT talk, whether it be NBA, NFL, quarterback, basketball player, whatever it is. It's just it's a media thing, and they ride it by the day. I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to go into the greatest slam dunk competitions of all time. This is coming off a slam dunk competition that happened last night, which is why I had this topic ready already. I knew we were going to have to talk about it because you really only get a good one like once every 10 to 15 years. You just don't get memorable ones all the time. And the way it is right now, the best, the big dogs are not in it. So you're not getting the crowd. You're not getting the people into it as much. And then obviously we're going to close with our five question segments. That's what we're going to call the interview. We don't want to go too far. We don't want to have hour long interviews, but we think five questions is kind of that money zone. Cooper Comstoff, I'm saying that right? Yeah. yeah. We'll make sure I'm hitting that right. We're bringing Cooper Comstoff on. He's a LT football player. And we're going to talk a little bit about high school sports and football. And we're going to, we're going to dive into some, some more questions with him and things like that. So it's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right, boys, let's jump into this Super Bowl. Now that we've had a week to digest it, you know, we're not talking about, you know, just coming fresh off at Mahomes MVP. I want to talk about digging into it because I feel like when you watch a Super Bowl, you're not really able to fully digest it while the game is on. It's almost like a boxing match, like where you need to watch it that second time. You, you got you to hit the rewind. Exactly. So, exactly. Watch some of the highlights. Go back. You can even watch the whole game again because there's always so much going on with the festivities. And then you got people over typically and you're eating and you're moving around. You're doing all these things where it was nice for me to just watch that game in segments. And I just wanted to to go back over it, you know, cover a few things. I didn't get a chance to talk to you. Obviously, you weren't on yeah. the uh, the last one with us. But what were your thoughts, just in general, on the Super Bowl? And you know, anything you got on it, anything yeah. you want to bring up? Yeah, I mean, I think like it was an entertaining Super Bowl in the second half. I think as a football player, I can more like I can appreciate a defensive battle, and because that's really what it was in that first half. It was. I don't know the exact numbers. It was like, what, 10-7? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was 10-6, I think. Ten, six, yeah, yeah, no, it was definitely ugly for what a, like a normal for, fan From a fan, right? it's an ugly thing. But, I mean, knowing football, being around football, I can sit there and be like, wow, these are two good teams that deserve to both be here. I mean, <clears throat> like, they both, both defensive lines for both teams were really crazy this year. I mean, Nick Bosa and Armstead and then Chris Jones on – uh, the Chiefs, they all put up crazy numbers this year. I wrote, I actually wrote their numbers down. Nick Bosa, right? He got Defensive Player of the Year last year, yeah. As well, I don't know if he no. Had this it. year was um, this year was Garrett from uh, Cleveland. Mm, Miles up, Miles Garrett, yeah, yeah Miles yeah. Garrett won Defensive Player of the Year this year. Bosa was there though because he's like a fifteen plus sack guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bosa... He, this year he had he had ten and a half sacks, so it was lower than he did last year, but he had fifty three tackles, which right. is like just a crazy number. Where Chris Jones on the Chiefs, he only had 30. 
Let, let me ask you this. What did you think about San Francisco letting go of their defensive coordinator? Did you know they did that? I mean, this, like, you know, this, you're talking about one of the best defenses in the league. I yeah. mean, that game, it definitely wasn't. You hold Mahomes and company to what, 19 in regulation? Yeah. I don't know that defense was your problem. Mm-hmm. I think, I think not that, not that really for the Niners going into that game or going into the season, really, I knew they were going to be Super Bowl contenders because right. they just have a crazy roster. But, I think going into that game, it's not we have to figure something new out on defense because you're shutting down teams all year. Right. Having probably, I don't know the number, but probably the lowest amount of points per game or at least somewhere near the top five. And you can't go into the Super Bowl thinking, oh, we're going to change everything up when that's what's been rolling for you. Right. Like We used to do this media overreaction thing every week. This was a thing during the NFL season, media overreaction. And this felt like organizational overreaction, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you don't win the Super Bowl, you need to find a scapegoat, right? And do that. And think about how many teams, right? Think about how many teams did not fire their defensive coordinator that were nowhere near as successful. Nowhere near close to the Niners. As the the Niners. Niners Probably had, I mean... The sec- at least the second best defense because they were, I mean, in the Super Bowl. They, they were least- right there. And Shanahan is, I think he's a little nervous, oh, right? Sure. Because you're talking about this offensive mind, this offensive genius, and then some of the failures essentially in the in their postseason run were offensive. Yeah. I mean, even some of the games they had to come back in their yeah. in their against the and, Lions. Yeah. They had to come back against the Packers. They were not playing well offensively, and they don't really seem to be utilizing all of these weapons that they have. When you're sure. seeing a Kittle come yeah. through a game like that with two catches and yeah. four yards, that's it, you just can't call yeah. plays that only get Kittle the ball twice. Yeah. And, I mean, Debo, I understand he was kind of in and out. He was a little bit injured. But Debo's another guy. He runs hard. He's a guy that the other team does not want to tackle. Yeah. And he's a guy you need to get touches to. Yeah. Um, McCaffrey, obviously, McCaffrey ended up with like 30 touches. If San Fran wins that yeah. game, he's going to be the MVP oh, of that sure. game more than for likely. Sure. Yeah. So he's part of the game plan always. But there was a stretch in the second half where all of a sudden I think they ran the ball like eight or nine consecutive yeah. times where yeah. it almost seemed like they're going, hey, Mahomes, come and get us. Yeah. And you don't do that against Mahomes, yeah. right? Maybe you play that game with a few other quarterbacks yeah. in the league. Yeah, but you don't sure. keep tempting a Mahomes-led team to come and get you. Mm-mm. You know, they had a lot of three and outs. KC had a lot of three and outs. Yeah. And San Francisco, I think, tempted them one too many times. And yeah. sure enough, it ended up coming back to bite them. Yeah. I yeah. think – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of felt like, you know – I kind of yeah, like you said, they did not. Uh, you know, when you got a quarterback like Brock Purdy, he's not Patrick Mahomes. I think if you if you put Brock Purdy on the Chiefs team this year, I don't think with Rice Kelsey, I just don't think it gets the job done. But you know, you got to give the tip of the cap to uh, Brock Purdy. I just feel like you know they give all the credit to all all of his weapons, but he got the job done when he needed. It. Like he um he put he made the smart decision. He didn't really make a lot of bad mistakes. You got to give him, and he's facing a great defense. So yeah, you know he played a decent game. You know I think my only critique of their offense in that game really was there's a lot of third down failures. Yeah, I think they were like twenty percent on third down. There were some yeah. opportunities to make some plays there. I I've said it in the past. I'll say it again. Purdy impresses me where he was keeping plays alive and he wasn't getting sacked, yeah. right? You see a lot of young quarterbacks. Escaping, escaping out the back. Yes, exactly. And you see a lot of young quarterbacks extend plays and then get sacked yeah. or give up a 12, 13-yard loss because they're running around too long. Or even Purdy's, throw in that interception. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Purdy was pretty good about that. And Purdy, 
will take a hit and get rid of the ball and put it on target. He did that numerous times throughout the playoffs. I was impressed with that. He had one to Ayuk um, in the NFC Championship. He had, yeah, I'm talking about even in past games, he made a couple of big throws where he got hit and he put it where it needed to be. So I do, I give, I give him credit. I mean, I think that he solidified himself as, you know, right there in that top 10 range in the league. Um, talking about him as MVP and things like that, I think, I don't know, but that's, that's a bit early for him. Yeah, Again, think, when you're talking about CMC, Debo Samuel, yeah. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, a great offensive line. I mean, he had all those things in his yeah. favor working for him, but I mean, he definitely stood out as being a guy that can get it done in the postseason and, and play mistake free football. Yeah. And, I think back to what we were talking about earlier about Shanahan. I mean, he and he, how he fired the DC. Like, um, I think he going into that game, he was like, I think we have every possible chance to win this game on offense, even though they were really the thing that was slowing us down, slowing them down in some of the games. Like their offense sometimes weren't, weren't producing as much as they wanted them to. But so he was like, well, I'm the, I'm, running this offense the way I want to, so it can't be me. Right, so exactly. So let's change something about the defense, even though that's not what needed to be done. Exactly, and if and the wild thing about that is if you look at San Fran over the last three years um, or four years, two of their defensive coordinators are now coaches. Yeah. One of them is the head coach of the New York Jets, Salah, mm-hmm. and then you have the other guy was one of the candidates for coach of the year this year, which was Ryan's yeah. in uh, yeah. Houston. So, I mean, and now you get this guy who probably is going to end up, the San Francisco guy could almost end up, he's definitely going to end up as a coordinator somewhere else. But he would have been a guy that almost, if there wasn't so many of these head coaching opportunities this year with Belichick there and Vrabel and these guys, you know, he might have even been targeted for a head coaching job Mm -hmm. somewhere because of the job that he did. So that was all interesting. Another one of the things I want to bring up about this game that we talked about before was the overtime rules, right? The, yeah, the, the big new, stuff the was... the new implementation, they all get a chance. Right. San Francisco says they weren't ready for that. Yeah. Uh, then Kansas City said that they all had all prepared for it. Kansas City actually said that if they were in a scenario where they got the ball second and the team scored first, that they were going to go for two to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was a thing yep. that Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs had decided. San Francisco players said, we didn't even we didn't even know about it. So, again, this was another knock on the San Francisco coaching staff. Like, they yeah, weren't prepared. They, yeah. they didn't prepare their players. Here's what I think. I have kind of my own theory on this. Mm-hmm. I believe that they were prepared for each team having to score. I think that they knew that. I yeah. think San Francisco knew that. I know Kansas City knew that. Yeah. What I don't think they knew is I don't think they understood the time thing. And I will tell you as a, as a spectator, I didn't understand the time. I, I didn't know that KC could let the quarter or the overtime run out. Oh, they could. They could. I didn't even yes, know that. exactly. Yeah. I, I was losing coop. I was losing my mind. <laughs> Me and Pat Woods were like, what are they doing? Why are they not calling a timeout? They yeah. let it go from 35 seconds down to six yeah. on the final play, and it was first down. Did you know they, yeah. run, they, so, they ran the same play to win the Super Bowl last and, year? Yep. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, yeah. But I'm sitting here, so and I mentioned it on our post pod, mm-hmm. and then I went to, you know, I had to do my homework to, to make yeah, sure yeah, that yeah, I even yeah. know what I was talking about, and I and I found out I didn't know what I was talking <laughs> about. They could have actually just, if they didn't just get it on that play, quarter. the yeah. next overtime just starts with them with the ball. On, I don't know if they switched ends yeah. of the field or whatever. whatnot but that's the way it would have mattered yeah and if you watch the play i think that's where the players didn't know what was going on yeah and i feel like san francisco's coaching staff was waiting for a timeout like they were waiting for kc to call a timeout yeah, yeah. they didn't get it the players were surprised that the play went off because i think all the players were like why are they not calling a timeout like the game's almost yeah, over yeah and then you see them uh, call the play they get it in 
Hardman didn't know that he won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. if you watch it again, you see the wide receiver catch the ball. He's like, did the whistle blow? Like, yeah. no, I yeah. felt like no yeah. one knew what was going on. I feel like the only guy that yeah. knew that game was over was Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes was yeah. like, I, 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 did. I just threw a I touchdown. Threw it, I threw a touchdown. We went, we it's over. But Hardman even said, he's like, I blacked out after I caught it. He's like, I didn't realize when I caught it that I just won the Super Bowl, even yeah. though why would you not realize that? That's exactly yeah. what you needed. So that was just wild. Um, yeah, I think I think it kind of goes back to the same thing. Like if you if you're playing in a, in a game, not even the Super Bowl, right? You're gonna have a different mindset with one minute left in the third quarter and one minute left in the fourth quarter. Right. Right. Like as a defense, especially exactly because offense, it's we have to score no matter what, no matter what the situation is. We're trying to score a touchdown, right? Right. But as a defense, if you have one minute left in the third quarter, you're like, okay, well, we need a three and out. We right. need to stop them. Where one minute left in the fourth quarter, it's keep them out of the end zone. Right. You don't care how close you get, just don't get in the end zone. When there's a minute left and you know it's the fourth quarter, you're doing stuff to prevent it. But when they just start getting them little passes that they were making, to except for like they were throwing little dump offs to Travis Kelsey. I mean, he took that one for a big, big right. gain at the end. But I mean, that that play isn't designed to get him 40 yards down the field. That play is for an extra five yards, which. I think that the Niners were giving up because they were like, we need to stop them from scoring. There's a minute left. Right. We're going to let them get five yards. We're not going to let them get 40 yards. I, I think that they thought the game was over at the at zero. Yeah. I really do. I, I yeah. think It's like both teams get a chance to get the ball, but you still have to score. It still has to happen within the overtime. Because yeah, then you're just starting <laughs> to make up time. It's then why does the four – when does – Overtime even started. Exactly. Why is, why is yeah. a clock running? Yeah. Why is there just a running let's clock? Play, let's play. Play let's endless. Switch it, and then halftime comes in at the middle somewhere. It, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm sitting there like. If, if yeah, that but could don't you think that's part coaching? Like the coaches are responsible at telling the players. Yes, and I think yeah. San Francisco was criticized for this. Yeah. I just my theory was a little bit different when they were asking about the overtime. They were, I think, they were insinuating should that the players didn't understand the two score rule. I don't think they understood the time rule. They should tell them before, like the coin toss. Yeah, they should be they, telling them. They in should be practice. telling them. They should be telling them at the beginning of the year when they made this rule. <laughs> exactly, these guys should be getting coached on this inside and out every I'll game. Say, I'll every... Say this. Do you think Shanahan's getting this much criticism if they if he loses the game against the Lions? It's funny that you say that, right? Because sometimes you get critiqued, right, for success. Like yeah. if you lose a bunch of Super Bowls, like the Buffalo Bills lost four in a row, and yeah. it's like, oh, but you got to remember, that had to be a great team to make yeah. it to the Super Bowl four, years four in times yeah. in a yeah, row. Like but yet, like, if they would have lost a couple in there and not won the Super Bowl, it's like they wouldn't be this remembered yeah. franchise for all these failures, even though technically there was a lot of success in there, right? Yeah. That's four consecutive AFC championships. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, it's a good question, Caden. Um, I do think so, and the reason I think so is because, number one seed, they would have been critiqued, and Shanahan, over time, if you continue to lose big games, it's, you start to get this monkey on your back, right? Like, you mm-hmm. can't get it off. Like, yeah. it's just what they call it, the proverbial monkey on your back. And Steve Young had it. Steve Young, yeah. I remember him saying yeah. at the game when Steve Young, when the 49ers blew out, the Chargers in a Super Bowl, he's like, I'm getting, they, they had him on the sideline. I finally got the monkey off my back. And that's what ends up happening to a guy like Shanahan, where like, whether it's the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl or whatever, he's sitting there going, you can't win the big one. And the NFC Championship is a big one as well. Yeah. Why can't you get your team to the mountaintop type of thing? But the circumstances around it is where sometimes the criticism's different, right? So if he would have lost the NFC Championship 42 to 35 and his offense really did it, and he's an offensive driven coach, Maybe he doesn't see as much criticism. Yeah. yeah, I also feel like 
Kansas City, like, they just, I, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say they deserved it, but they really earned this Super Bowl more than the 49ers. When you think about Kansas City playing the coldest game and one of the coldest games in NFL history against the Dolphins, then going to Buffalo on the road, mm-hmm. like, and then going to um, going to Baltimore on the road, and then playing the 49ers, except for the 49ers, playing at home, which really extremely um, warm out, playing the, playing the Packers, and if they would have, if Jordan Love would have been smart and been as good as he was all year on that last drive. I think they. I think the Packers might would have won. Um, oh man, I think I think that the Niners were outplayed in both of those games. Yeah, and, and then against the Lions, I mean, they they play if they manage that game right, I think the Lions win that game. And then of course, hundred percent. What's scary about KC is that these were literally they had to pay Mahomes after you know the five year. Yeah. And then these were almost supposed to be like two reset years for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They won two Super Bowls in these years, but they were supposed to be like reset. They had we're to get gonna, rid of Ty- gonna, they had to get rid of Tyreek. Yeah. They really didn't have they, all they the pieces want, they, together. Yeah, they, they really wanted a, a rebuild. Year. Right. They were like, we're just gonna. We don't like care. I mean, we want to win, but you know, yeah, we're unlikely we're not, to win a Super not, Bowl. It's here. not going to yeah, be for sure. Best wide receivers, Rashi Rice. He's a rookie. Tons of drops. Yeah. The defense had like kind of a roller coaster year where they really hit stride in the postseason, yeah. but they had some lulls during the regular season. Talk about, talk about Kadarius Tony with those. Yeah, he didn't even he didn't even get to play. Nope. <laughs> like we're not risking it. Like nope. he was healthy we're not in gonna, Vegas. We're not going to let the ball go through. Mahomes is turning into that type of guy where it's like. Doesn't yeah, matter. yeah, you, no, it's, yeah, it's you, true. like, yeah, it's you true. score, but like, you saw when the 49ers kicked that field goal to get him up in overtime, they showed Debo Samuel's face and he was upset because he knows Mahomes is Mahomes is going on the field and that's enough to like really not. If, if Mahomes is on the yeah, field, no like, matter the score, it doesn't yeah, matter. It's, it's a mistake. Like, man. he was it's, mad that they didn't score a touchdown because they know Mahomes, and if Mahomes has an opportunity to get him out front. He's gonna get he's, it. He's gonna get Debo it. Debo did have that look too. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that is that the Chiefs failed a lot in that game. Oh, for sure. They, they were not doing they good. They were on, not good on third down. Terrible. They, but there's that end of game thing that he's got. You know. Yeah, and, I mean, it was this close. And Debo did definitely I, have that look. Like I don't think we're gonna I, win this I game. Think, even I think it comes down to like, honestly, would almost lead into our next topic because it's like all these people that are saying the greatest of all times: Kobe, MJ. And then we talk about Mahomes, Tom Brady. It doesn't matter when, if there's a chance, they're in it. Yeah, they you know? think, like yeah, if, you think there's if it a comes, window If there. it comes down to it, like, these guys that are making these big plays, like Mahomes, like, he had the ball, what was that, the Bills yeah. um, last year, two years ago, when he had 15 seconds right, yeah, and yeah, drove down exactly. the field and scored the touchdown. I mean, he's a competitor. I mean, right. it, yeah. it comes down to he wanted he wanted to win that game, and he did. Right. I also yeah. feel like, you know, Mahomes is a fantastic player, but... One thing I was really impressed by him this year was he kept his team intact. You saw, I mean, the yeah. the way through the ups and downs, the drops. There was only a couple times where I really saw him lose his cool. Right. And one time it was, it was really with the, the officiating. Was, officiating, yeah. The yeah, offside. but you really saw. I mean, there was times where, oh, like he threw a dot to Marcus Valdez Gantley, a drop that would have won the game, and he didn't really get really extremely upset. I mean, his mind's probably going crazy, but like not, you can't really see it. But then, especially, um, especially in the Super Bowl where. They were this close to really falling apart. You oh, saw yeah. Kelsey bumping and reading. You saw the frustration on the bench. Right. I think I saw like yelling or something. Yep. And Mahomes, I'm not sure what he did said at halftime, but whatever he did, it worked because he came out and they they changed a lot. Smooth as ice. Yeah, I mean, and, and you want to have the goat talk. We'll we'll transition into it right now because my thing is this: like, I am in the minority here. I don't 
count titles in team sports to GOAT status. I just don't. Yeah. I'm not a Brady guy. I'm not. I think Brady's a, a great oh, yeah. quarterback. I'm just not this. I come from a different school, man. And the reason I says, I'm going to give you my reasoning behind it, right? Okay. So in that game, if San Francisco picks up a third and four mm-hmm. with two minutes left, yeah. Mahomes probably doesn't touch the ball again. It would have been very close. They only had two timeouts left. If one more first down definitely seals it. Yeah. He doesn't touch the ball again. He lo- they, they lose the Super Bowl. The whole thing changes just yeah. based on San Francisco's offense yeah. being able to pick up. So clearly Mahomes needed his defense to make that stop yeah. to get to position to get this third Super Bowl. I'll do you one better. Go to last year. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts actually outplayed Patrick Mahomes oh, last yep. year. Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. If there wasn't a very ticky-tack holding call late in that game, yeah. There's a very good chance the Eagles win that game. Mm-hmm. Let's flip those two scenarios, and here we are, and Mahomes has one Super Bowl and one Super Bowl MVP. He's still the same exact player that he is. Yep. The same exact player. And that's why I said it last week. I said it before Mahomes won the Super Bowl. I said, to my eye, he's the best I've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm not basing that because he's got one ring, two ring, or three rings. I'm just basing it on right now the fact <laughs> that he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. He's more athletic than a guy like Brady, than a guy like Manning was my guy. He's more athletic than Manning. He's got a better arm than him and, and Brady in the same category. He's just better. Yeah. And and he, he, at the peak of his game, right now, 27-28, maybe this is the best he ever is. This version of him is better than any version of Brady. And that's the way I feel about it. And I don't base it on the number of rings. And I do, I, I have similar thoughts going into the NBA and going into other team sports where I do feel that like getting a championship is, is a big accomplishment. And, but sometimes there is a luck factor in yes. there that you oh, just don't know, man. Sure. If you, Dan Marino made it to the Super Bowl like his rookie year, he yeah. never got back. Yep. But Dan Marino, by most people was considered the dude at that yep. time. Yep. And so it's it, for me that's my thought on it. I don't like to I don't want to bash anybody cuz I would never bash uh, a guy like Brady or somebody like that. I just think when they anoint him the goat, I just disagree with that. Yeah. Um and I will I'll go to battle with people on it. I'll mm-hmm. probably lose because a guy's got seven titles and yeah. if that's what they want to throw in my face, yeah. they can do that, but I'm always going to go back to the fact that I'm not counting team championships yeah. as my number one factor. I'll yep. put it on the list. But that's right. So that's I wanted to mention that that I just hate the way the media does that. Tom Brady, most people know this. Some of the younger guys don't. That his first three Super Bowls, he was he was good in. Yeah. But he was not one of the top quarterbacks in the league during that time. He wasn't. He wasn't the reason they were winning those Super Bowls. Exactly. And he had good performances. He was a very good role quarterback at that point. Exactly. The second part of his career, which was amazing, where from like so he didn't they didn't win a Super Bowl for ten years Mm -hmm. from 04 to fourteen. New England didn't win one. Then he picked up another three with New England between like 14 and 19 or whatever yeah. it was. The point being is like if you're actually looking at Brady's stats, his best statistical years were like in that range where they weren't winning. Like yeah. in that like 7 to where you know he, 13 where range where he, where he wasn't winning Super yeah. Bowls in that range. So it's just statistically it's very interesting to look at those things. But if you mm-hmm. jump to the one that most people started saying, this guy's the GOAT, it was almost like – where they started making the argument for LeBron when his team took down the 73 and 9 Warriors. Yeah. Like he beat the best team in history, mm-hmm. you know, and he went back home and he did it and all this. His his moment there was when they came back on the Falcons. Yeah. What most people forget about that was they made the greatest Super Bowl, Super Bowl comeback being down 28 to 3. Mm-hmm. But what people forget is 
They don't know what the final score of that game was. Yeah. Guess how many more points the Falcons scored in that game? Zero. Zero. They scored zero. They scored zero Zero points points. the rest of that game. And and Tom Brady doesn't play defense. Nope. If if Atlanta scores another field goal in that game based on time, that game's over. Falcons win. Again, changes. Changes everything. Changes the discussion. Brady threw a pick six in that game right out of the gate. Like then then does it change (laughs) and does someone come in and say, Well then he's not the GOAT because he couldn't beat a Falcons Matt Ryan team. I mean Exactly I mean in that game, like it was pretty much Going into that game, I feel like it was, oh, who's better, Ryan or Brady? Right, because it was Matty Ice. That was, was his Matty year. Ice. I think that was his MVP that was, year. That was his best year he's yes. probably ever played. And it came down to the fact he played super well in that, was that first three quarters? They were up 28-3. And then, yep. and then here comes not Tom Brady. Here comes the Patriots. Right. Because <laughs> it's, not, exactly. it's, not, it's not, here comes Tom Brady. Let's watch him win this game. It's... Let's watch Tom Brady score some touchdowns, but let's watch them get three and out at every time after that for the Falcons. 100%. Yep, I'm with let's you. Watch so, him, let's watch him punt the ball 10 times in that second half. Not do a thing, you know. As a yeah. matter of fact, there probably were some turnovers in there. I'd have probably, to go back to the tape yeah. to check it to see what he did there. But these are the types of moments where in, in team sports, you're cementing your legacy, but you don't do it without your teammates. You play team sports. Yeah. You understand it. Your quarterback, without the, you big boys up front, exactly. he's got no <laughs> – how's he doing up there? We, we, we always yell at all the players because sometimes they'll get an interview from some random newspaper or whatever the heck, whoever's sitting there watching. But they come up and if we find out they say something and don't thank us, we're like, all right, like what what's that about? <laughs> I mean, you – I always make the joke to uh, whoever my quarterback is, whether it was LFC or LT. Yeah. I always say if they if they piss me off, I'm like I will snap the ball over your head every single play. <laughs> you will do nothing if I don't get that. Yeah, snap right. We'll you. see how that works yeah. out for you. We actually but, saw a B a B game that was like that. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't doing it on purpose, <laughs> every but ball. every snap was 15 every yards yeah. down the thing. Now that you mentioned something there, and as we're talking about team sports, right? Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to a guy. I mentioned his number, but I didn't know who he was on the last pod. Number 84 for the 49ers, Chris Connolly. This is why it's team sports, right? This guy's a journeyman wide receiver. He had one catch in the game for 18 yards. He had two big tackles on special teams, huge plays. Nailed the guy right when he caught the ball on a punt. And then he helped down two punts right at the goal line. This is a journeyman wide receiver who at one point, and I actually thought for the first half he was 49ers MVP of the game. But my point being, and I say this to Caden because – He's just getting into football, and I'm like, you don't know where you're going to make your impact. Oh, my God. Dude, a special teams guy, a the, scout team guy. Like, mm-hmm. you might be the most beloved dude on the team. Talk about special teams guys. Patrick Kramer, long snapper. Uh, we, he, you're talking he's, LT football, LT right? LT football, yeah, yeah. He's on punt block, right? right? Special teams team. You're not good enough for defense. He wasn't a good enough defender by any means. But he was in on pump block because he would give effort. In a game against DGN, this is not this past season, the season before that, it was tie game, or maybe we were up a touchdown, but very right. close game. It's fourth quarter. He busts his butt through that offense, through that uh, punt team, blocks the kick, scoop score touchdown. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's and, what I'm saying. And that... he, he was, he was, he's a long snapper. He plays at uh, Colgate, but he's a long snapper, but he just found his way onto punt block, made the biggest impact of the game. 
Awesome. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I wanted to shout that guy out. Yeah. Shout that guy out because um, for team sports, man, you need everybody. And those no plays right there, team. guys are talking about that game. That game. That guy, if they win that game. Oh, San sure. Francisco wins that game. Hey, did anybody talk about this Chris Connolly guy? He had one big catch in the game for 18 yards. Then he had two big tackles, two big four, you know, two big punt downs at the goal line. These are plays that matter. He's not there. Casey's starting that drive at the 25. Yep. I mean, these are huge things that happen in every game. And it's just, that's football, right? It gives you opportunities yeah. to get it done. Everybody we bring on, they get this question. Got to give it to you. Chicago is at the top of every NFL conversation right now. Number one reason is, what do we do with Justin Fields? Keep him. You've Keep heard him. us talk That's about it. it. Keep you him. Know. <laughs> but you got to give us a little more I, than I, that, I, man. I will, I will. All right, go ahead. What do you got? Um, I, I, don't, I know I didn't uh, prep you for that yeah. one, but you have to. Everybody yeah. who comes on here, until, until we know what happens to Fields, yeah. anybody that comes on this show is going to tell me yeah. what they think should happen with yeah. Fields. Um, so... I just obviously said keep him. Mm-hmm. I I think he's a guy we can build a team around. I think that's Caden laughing, not me. I let people have their opinion. Mine has been stated. I don't need to keep saying it. I, um, Coop gets gets his yeah. chance. Caden used to want him. Now he's laughing. But yeah. Go ahead, Coop. This is your floor, man. You got um, we we have time on this thing oh, yeah. to talk about what we think about him. Um, I think I think he's had awful coaching in the past however many seasons he's been here, right? Fair and point. He's had awful he's had coaching. different coaching as different, well, which is just, which just is, every which year is probably just as bad as awful. Yep. If you don't have the same and, guys, it's hard to learn. And with different guys, it's different, worse guys. So it's not like he's getting every year, he's getting a different, better coach. It's around all the same coaching. But I also think I he didn't have much help to none. He has probably... One of the worst offensive lines in the entire oh. league. <laughs> you don't like that? I, no. If Dar all right, I mean Here's the thing. We here's here's where I think that I'll speak for Caden on this. We think that sometimes certain types of quarterbacks don't help their line out. That's fair. And we think that well, Fields I mean, is you, one of those types of guys. The offensive line looks bad when you hold on to the ball too long. We were That's just fair. talking about that it with fair. Purdy, right? Like Purdy has the ability he, to make the right decision at the right time back there where you kind of know when do you have to, when you can escape, when you need to get out, when you need to throw it away. Yeah. And there was a way too many I times feel, you look fields, at the box score. You'd see four sacks for negative 40 yards. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. those are just huge. Dri- those are drive killers. Like yeah. if you lose eight yards on a sack, and that's a drive killer. Yeah, and then he can't throw the deep ball. So, yeah. but go ahead. No, we're not yeah. we're not cutting you down on it. Um, we're just saying that I mean, the, the offensive line is something that many people do mention. I'm not a professional with analyzing offensive mm-hmm. linemen. Yeah. I just know what I see with my eyes and I I feel like he doesn't do them any good, For sure. you know. Yeah. Um and so that brings me to my next point is with the offensive line he has, right? He is running around there, but the problem is with the number one pick next year, the guy that they're going to take, Caleb Williams, also likes to run. Right? right? He's not yeah. just going to sit there. He's and an athletic take, type. He's the athletic build. He's a Mahomey type of build where he just likes to run around and Justin Fields run around. So why are we going to waste it on essentially the same person, right? Taking him as a first first pick quarterback who is going to do maybe he's going to have he has a better arm, right? Caleb Williams, I'm talking about. Maybe he's Caleb's yeah, yeah, got right. a better arm. Um, 
But if we're going to take just a slightly better arm with the same physical attributes, speed, whatever, all this stuff, why not keep the guy we have and build an offense, right? Give you want him- me to answer? Cash. That's why. Yeah. And that's the, that's the answer. And that's yeah. what I've always said where I'm like, I don't necessarily think that Fields is done. I think he might find a situation somewhere where you s- see Fields have success. But when you're building the team like you're talking about, mm-hmm. he's at that point, that fifth he's year, where they're, they're, it's decision market. time for the Bears. And yeah. it's like they really only got one more year. He starts yeah. to – and then he gets very expensive. Yeah. And it's – when you can win – Look, the 49ers are the perfect example, yeah. right? And with a systematic quarterback. With, with a 700,000 a year quarterback that's getting this done. And then Mahomes is the flip side of that. What I mean by that is, is like nobody else is winning with that team Mahomes has got right now. Yeah. And what that means is the reason that they're not winning is because Mahomes got paid. And once he got yeah. paid, they didn't have the money to do it anymore. So mm-hmm. the Bears don't have the type of team that can sacrifice dollars for fields right now. Yeah. They need to maximize it. And by getting a rookie quarterback, even though it's a first overall pick and whatnot, mm-hmm. he's expensive, but by all intents and purposes, yeah. he's cheap. Yeah. And you have a cheap quarterback for five years. Yeah. And that's what they need. I and mean, that's that's yeah, the problem. No, it is, if they sure. were a couple for dudes sure. away, I'd actually agree with you. Yeah. I'd be like, man, if they just needed like one left guard yeah. and like yeah. one offensive player, I'd be like, they're good, but they need more. They yeah. need to really piece and, together for the next three years. And so that's that's one thing also is do you do you want the one cheap quarterback or do you want four cheap receiver, lineman, guard, Center. Like, do you want those four guys or do you want one cheap guy? Right. Do you want four cheap guys that could help make a team with Fields as your quarterback a lot better? Or do you want the team you have now with outfields and a better quarterback? Yeah. Well, if you got, if you got Caleb, you have the chance to try to win a Super Bowl in that three to four year window. That's, that's the way I look at it. I look at it like at the tail end of that contract because people think when I'm thinking, oh, the Bears are going to be so much better next year. I'm actually looking at it like, rookie quarterback look three to four years and try to win a Super Bowl because that's what I talk about when I talk about getting better I don't talk about man fields can get us to the playoffs next year no I don't want the Cowboys yeah if if you're a Bears fan you haven't won since 85 yeah. what's your best bet to win a Super Bowl yeah. and I say and, and I call it a bet because it is a bet oh for nobody sure. knows who like, you don't know who the best quarterback is especially also, coming out of college also, you don't know also what happens on the first drive of the game, Aaron Rodgers, you tear your Achilles. Season over. Exactly. You don't know with injury. You don't know how this guy is going to react to NFL speed. You see it all the time. You see quarterbacks every – last year they thought it was young and ended up being Stroud. Yep. I mean – Everyone was going crazy. There's misses every year. And that's that's also why do you gamble with Williams because this year he did not have the best year. You're right. Right? The year before – I blame Kingsbury. (laughs) <laughs> if if Caleb Williams produced and had just as successful a year as he did the year before and he did it again, I would I would consider it a lot more and I'd be very open to taking it. But he had a game against Notre Dame. He threw three interceptions against a Notre Dame team who didn't even finish in the top and, ten. And the Everybody's pa- referencing that Notre Dame, Dame game. I feel, yeah. like the, I feel like the um problem with put between uh Fields and Williams, they had the same problem. It's it's under pressure. Um, you know, That's under pressure. Yeah. Well, Fields. I think the thing with Fields is maybe sometimes he can escape because of the running ability. But maybe if he has that running ability, confidence maybe depends on that too much. With with Williams, he likes throwing the deep ball. So 
you know, maybe, yeah, he likes to run, but under pressure, if he can't find the hole, maybe he just kind of panics and throws the ball away. Or, he, like, like he tries to do a, a hero play and throws an interception. You roll the dice and you build for the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's where I'm at on it. But I respect up. people saying keep fields because there's some interesting well, moves that you can make there with the pick and, and, yeah. and, and you know, stocking you, up and you things get, like that. You, you, move, oh, you, know, you, you move down from one to three. Right. You still get Marvin Harrison Jr., which – with stud stud who is arguably one of the best college players right now um take last year as an example what exactly. they got they traded down one spot one spot and they got and the, what they, and they ended up with dj Moore. exactly plus this year's number one pick yeah so if you could do the same trade now, again they'd probably do it now if they can from, guarantee they'd get all that oh for sure now from even not now because that was one spot right right they went from what was it uh I think was Caden. Was it one to two? One to two. The Carolina maybe deal. Two to three. Well, last did, year, who did, did they, the Bears get? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, I'm just right. talking out of. Oh. I'm talking out of turn here. But I think yeah. they. What my point oh. is is that they, yeah. they traded swap picks, got if, their number, got their first round for the next year plus and, DJ Moore. And it was it was one, um, one spot. Now do two spots. How much more can you get from three to one instead of two to one? Because two to one, you're getting. You're getting the quarterback that you want, basically, from two to one. From three to one, you're getting your quarterback, but you have to give up at least one first round pick. I mean, like you're giving you're giving up a first rounder, maybe even in that same same draft if you have one, you got to give it up. Okay, Carolina picked tenth. Okay, so they <laughs> they got Darnell Wright uh, with the tenth pick. So they were that. They, yeah. Think about the capital that they yeah. got for that. They got Carolina's first round yeah. in Carolina this year. This year plus DJ Moore. Yeah. I mean, and they, that ended up turning into the number one. I really one feel pick. like Ryan Poles. Doing so that that was a ten. Team. That was ten right. spots. Ten spots. Yeah. So that's pretty. And, and now, now that you say it, it's like kind of different from what. Yeah. I'm right. Because they like, move up a little bit less. Well, yeah, yeah. You're not you getting. Look at the good rookie quarterbacks. When was the last time the number one pick was actually like? Read up to his height. Like Bryce Young, no. No, Bryce Young did not live up to it. Like, I, making, I mean, your closest him, thing right now is, is Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, Lawrence is your closest or thing, Bur- and Lawrence Wait, has not, Burrow? you know. Burrow probably was the number one pick, He's I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Burrow's a stud. I mean, Burrow's really good. So, yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, I remember Baker Mayfield. I got to look back at the number one picks. I'm drawing a blank, but I know that Lawrence and Burrow were there. You know, and there's a lot more, there's a lot. It's safe for a pick if you just draft Marvin Harrison, but I feel like I don't really know why the like now people talk about draft Marvin Harrison and draft Jaden Daniels with the ninth pick because in all my mock drafts I can do that. Jaden Daniels is going to New England. I'm telling you right now, he's going to be in New England. All right, we got to get off the draft. We got to get off the draft because we can go on this forever. (laughs) That's why I always hesitate to bring up the question because I know how much discussion it brings up. But at the same time, it's it's very fun to talk about. So we're moving on. All right, I don't know what kind of research you guys did on this, but I love dunking. It is like I'm huge in it. Growing up, we always watched the slam dunk competition. My dad would even have us go back and watch the old school guys with Dr. J. Larry Nance used to do this little up and under dipsy do where he'd do like the windmill. It was just crazy. He'd rock the cradle. He was the best at that. And so I've always been big into it. Last night, we there was a dunk competition. Mm-hmm. I immediately put this together to say, hey, I wanted to talk about the best ever. 
I put down three. I could have put together a long list. And these are just my favorite dunk competitions. Not my yeah, favorite I individual dunks. I don't – I did – I had – I went more the individual dunk That's route. That's cool. You could bring it. Yeah, because I didn't – I feel like there's – like I think you said earlier today, it's very hard to come across a good – year of dunk contest right right like you don't you don't get a whole contest that's good you get guys that are just jumping up and doing a windmill which sure i couldn't do that but (laughs) but i got the good ones for you i got the good ones for you but i'll tell you this last night max mcclung he he won it for the second time in a row you're talking about like a six foot one white guy maybe which is crazy like i mean the guy's got leaps yeah he probably don't have a jumper because he's in the g league right now (laughs) but i'll tell you he's impressive he was probably more impressive last year yeah yeah. if you watch what Mm -hmm. he did the dunks he did last year compared to this year but again if the league wants to blow this thing up and they want to do it right you gotta get lebron in there you got you thinking like lebron won't do it we know but but here's your guys right now there's two guys right now nope victor Wembanyama. nope oh <laughs> there's two guys that need to be in the dunk contest oh, uh, right now john morant, john morant oh, is john number one sure, yeah. john morant is number john one morant. and there's another guy that um, you're probably picturing him eating a few too many sandwiches but he needs zion to be williamson. zion williamson yeah. zion williamson and Justin john morant Moon, need to be leading the way for the nba slam i said levine Levine's already done it. He's, Levine's, Levine's it. a two-time winner yeah. of the slam, and Levine was amazing he was when he was he in was the good. dunk competition. Him versus so Howard. This, that but was a... These are the dudes that are needed. You need those two guys to like bring the NBA dunk competition back. Because right now, Jalen Brown's an in-game dunker. He had a couple decent dunks last night. You're not yeah. seeing anything new. And when I go to some of the dunk competitions that I'm talking about from years past, Guys were doing dunks that you've never seen before yeah. without all the gimmicks. They yeah. didn't need gimmicks to do them. So it's you guys can bring over people now. Like there's like, a lot of jumping over people. You guys will probably I, you can bring in some of your individual dunks yeah, are probably on my probably. list. Because I, I the only one I remember that's like more recent that they it's just creative. In the art, it wasn't a very cool dunk. I mean, right. the 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 blowing out the birthday cake. One. That was awesome. That one. That, that was green, right? Was that green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Dude, very. That was sick. That's a sick dunk, and he needed a cupcake with a candle on it. Right. You know, like some of these guys, they're like <laughs> stacking four people up and jumping over them, which is very impressive. But at the end of the day, you're just jumping really high and putting it down. Where this dude is doing a dunk, well. Leaning over right next to the backboard, putting his face inches away from the backboard and blowing out a candle. It's it's insane. It's, what these so guys impressive. can do is unbelievable. I'm coming at it. Number three of all time, 1988, Jordan versus Dominique. All right, Dominique, the human highlight film. There it is. You're yeah. showing uh, Coop showing me his list there. <laughs> Dominique, known as the human highlight film. He had Jordan basically on the ropes. Jordan needed to have a 50, I think, to win. Or yeah. I think he needed a 49, 49 or 50 to yeah. win. Dominique was – him and Jordan were very different type of dunkers. Yep, yep. Dominique brought the thunder. Mm-hmm. Like that dude would do the double-handed windmill. Bring I remember one of, one of my favorite Dominique dunks was he threw it off the backboard and he jumped, but he actually was like further away from the hoop than he thought. Like he didn't time it right. 
and he ended up reaching out full extension, grabbed it in front of him, and just dunked it with one hand where he just got it over the front of the rim and then just kind of catapulted his body forward. But he totally kind of mistimed what he was doing, yeah. and it ended up being one of his best yeah. dunks ever. Yeah. Obviously, his two hand two handed windmills that just mm-hmm. thundered through the hoop were awesome. Yeah. Jordan needed like this forty nine or fifty to win it. Actually, today probably loses that slam dunk competition because Jordan actually missed his first attempt. Yeah. And you will yeah. not you, very they, hard they value. They very, value first yes, attempt makes. Very hard to get a fifty nowadays when you miss your first attempt. And Jordan missed his first attempt for the free throw line dunk. But then he finished the competition in Chicago yeah. with the free throw line dunk, won it. It was a big deal because yeah. it was Jordan versus Neek. Neek had won, I think, the year before. Yeah. Uh Spud Webb was mixed in there the year before. So that was my yeah. number two. Um, you could talk about a dunk there if you had yeah, one of those well, on there. If you had you, his free throw line on there, well, or something. I had his free throw line on there for sure because that's just like it's iconic. It's iconic. You know what he's doing? The little the double clutch too yeah. with it. Yeah, but and, and he then, had the legs. Oh yeah, to, I would right, say he had, he had the uh, Jordan logo. He yeah. did it. I mean, uh, he when you see what different dunkers do with their legs, oh, yeah. it's actually a big piece of the showmanship. If you kick your legs, it's not. If, if you're Pippen dunked like from the free throw line, Pippen dunked from the free throw line in a dunk competition, and he was just like straight up and down, like his whole body. Where Jordan like bent him and yeah, like had yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, big and then, time. Uh, one other dunk I had you briefly mentioned it was Spud Webb. Oh, yeah. When he was he's five six. I yeah. mean, come on, he's, he, he was <laughs> the timing. Yeah, and like, and then a th- as a five six person, you're very inclined to lose a dunk contest. I don't even know if he won it this year. I, yeah, Spud won one. Oh, he did. Spud won one and over Dominique. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he he went up three sixty as a five six guy, like I be, I'm impressed at him that he can even get the ball in the hoop dunking it. Now throw in an aspect of. Going 360 Turning. degrees and throwing it down is crazy. His timing and all the dunks you watched when you watched the one that Spud Webb won, you were just like watching going, if anything goes wrong, oh. you miss the dunk. Like it it's just had perfect to be because the finishes be were just over the front it's of the, the rim. The rim is here and he's yeah. barely pushing it over. I mean, my, my number two slam dunk competition of all time was actually with inside the last 10 years. And it was Gordon versus Levine. Yeah. And there was, I personally think, the, and this is why I, yeah. I have a hard time with the slam dunk competition. Oh, I actually no. think the wrong guy won the competition. Yeah. Levine won in 2016. Levine should not have I do that. think Levine deserved the one that he got before that. Yeah. Levine, super impressive. In this slam dunk competition, super impressive. But Gordon had two dunks in this thing. He had the spinning mascot. Yeah, so he had a mascot one. on a hoverboard spinning, spinning with a ball circle. out. Yeah. And Gordon grabs it and does like a, like a, Behind, spinning windmill. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It was just perfectly timed, a beautiful dunk. And then the one that I've never seen before where he does a – he gets both legs over, sideways yeah. over the mascot, yeah. both legs sideways, and then he goes under his legs yeah. and dunks it like behind his head. Like it's just the combination of what Gordon did there. The fact that Gordon does not have a slam dunk oh, – Title under the ceiling is absolutely awful. Did he uh, play in one a couple years ago or something? He's been in a couple of them, and somehow he got basically robbed out of both of them. I think I got to look back to see. I don't think he won one because he just said, "I'm done." If I if I didn't win that one, I'm done. Like I'm not doing this again. In that one you're talking about with Levine, I mean, 
Levine had some nice dunks, but none of them were like that. I mean, right. he he had he. I was I, I actually was watching that before we came here, but which is fun, he, right? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you're just saying, I'm, oh my <laughs> goodness, my hands are on my head. I drop my phone. Like, yeah, when you but, go back and watch dunks, yeah, it's awesome. It's just fun. Zach Levine is just doing like a 360. You know, like he's, he's smooth. He's smooth. He's like smooth as he's butter. Smooth. That guy. He's, yeah, he's a Paul George of dunking, right? He's smooth in everything he does, right? But he's he's not. Two legs, straight leg jumping over a mascot, putting it behind, underneath his legs, throwing it down. Like he's just not doing that. Right. And right. that's 100%. that's one where I think you got to just give it to him. I mean, and the other thing is saving your dunks, right? Like yeah. so, like he, if you bring that, sometimes you got to save a little something. If you bring that for the first one. And then you disappoint everyone after that. Yeah, like, you need to time gotta, those right. Yeah, you got to get a little one where you just do, oh, maybe between the legs for the first one. And then you start jumping over someone, and then you do that. I mean. But in terms of mano y mano, what both those guys were bringing to the table, bringing yeah, dunks you've yeah. never seen before, doing some really cool things, that took number two on my list. Number one, it's one of those dunk competitions where it was it predated, it predates you guys. Not as. Not by as much as the Jordan one, but when you you like knew where you were the night you watched the slam dunk competition. <laughs> it was one of those like where were you during major world catastrophes? Yeah. This was like where were you during Vince Sanity in the year two thousand? This is yep. Vince Carter bringing his show on. It's he, over. Vince Carter does right. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. Also, also it's on my over. List. Yep. You know he goes and actually after his first dunk. It was before the, the it's over, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. He says, let's go home, yeah. Kenny Smith. Let's yeah. go home, like right after his first dunk. Now, what a lot of people miss about that slam dunk competition was that there was three really epic performances at that slam dunk yeah. competition. One was by Tracy McGrady, who was mm. on the same team yeah. as Vince yeah. Carter yeah. during the time. He had some massive dunks in this competition. He did one where he uh, took it, one bounce, caught it, 360 to the hip. Turned, put it at his hip and dunked Jeez. it. Perf- it was perfect. Yeah. Steve Francis, who was like six, I want to say Stevie Franchise was like six two at the time. Yeah. He was doing dunks. It looked like he couldn't even palm the ball, <laughs> and he did a few dunks where they were just thunderous. They were wow. perfectly yeah. timed. He was awesome. But obviously, the show went to Vince Carter. I keep watching this, going, why doesn't somebody just put a Vince Carter jersey on and bust out the reverse three sixty? Yeah. And I'm like. I don't think anybody can do it. Like I don't yeah. know. And the and the thing about Carter was he threw the ball down through the hoop where it, the ball like landed like right underneath the hoop. Yeah. Like the dunks were so clean. Yeah. It wasn't the, it wasn't like throwing it and it hits the back back of exactly. the rim. Exactly. No, it's going it's going down and it's bouncing three three rows over that way. <laughs> exactly. And last yeah. night if you watched there were some amazing dunks but guys weren't finishing clean. Mm-hmm. Like they were hitting the back of the rim or they were just getting over the front where you like catch the ball in the front yeah. of the rim yeah. and then eke it over and things like that where when you finish strong Carter was the ultimate combination of power and artfulness or whatever word you yeah. want to use where he was like there was an art to it yeah. the legs were moving everything mm-hmm. was happening he did I went back and checked it out again I love looking at dunks <laughs> he did five dunks four of them have never been seen to this point the first one that had never been seen was the reverse 360 yeah. windmill it's yeah. a reverse 360 windmill his second dunk was actually another reverse 360 windmill he just did it from behind the hoop so he yeah. came out from behind the hoop spun and did basically the same dunk yeah. 
Then he did the under the leg assisted, which had never been yeah. done to that point. Isaiah Ryder, Kobe, a few other guys did just where they went up, just put it under a leg and dunked it. He was the first guy to do it where he got assisted from the front of the hoop. Yeah. So he's catching an assist from the front of the hoop, bringing it under, coming over the top and dunking it. Yeah. He looked like he could kiss the rim on that one. <laughs> that was three out of his four dunks that had three out of five that had never been seen. And then the one that nobody knew what he was doing, he's rubbing his arm. And no one knows what he's doing. And then he goes up and he just sticks his arm through the hoop. Like to show how high he was, he stuck his arm in the hoop to right there. And by the way, shout out Roddy Fields, Chicago hoopster. I don't know if you know who this is, Coop, but look him up. YouTube him. Roddy Fields played Chicago high school basketball for Farragut with KG back in the mid-90s. There's a slight chance that... Ronnie Fields invented that dunk. Don't quote me on it. I'm just going to tell you guys that Vince Carter may not have invented that dunk. That dunk may have been invented by Ronnie Fields. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that for now, I, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, YouTube him. I saw an interview uh, with someone in a later dunk contest who did it with their put the elbow in the in the rim and it's hanging there. They said that's the worst pa- it's the most oh painful God. thing ever. I can't You're imagine. catching these guys are 230 pounds pure muscle and they're catching themselves in the rim just by their elbow and they're just sitting there like it's nothing. Like the height you got to yeah. get. When you oh, just well, put your arm out, think about where you got to be yeah. to get your arm down the hoop. It's this and, <laughs> and then it's there and you're 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 <laughs> You're at it's that point insane. you're seven feet off the ground just hanging up there. It has been he finished with a with a two-handed dunk from the free throw line. He was maybe like a foot in front yeah. of it or whatever. It was kind of a safe dunk. He had already won the competition. But his his five dunk combination is the best five dunk combination in dunk contest history. And what made it the best dunk contest for me was that Tracy McGrady had somewhere between three and four dunks that were super impressive. And Steve Francis came with another three to four dunks that were also very impressive, and they were the finalists. Yeah. So that, for me, made the 2000 dunk competition the greatest of all time. Future show, and I'm going to try to bring a surprise guest on for this thing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get him or not, but I'm going to try to bring a surprise guest on for best in-game dunkers. Mm-hmm. We're going to go. We won't debate it. We're going to yeah. let everybody bring their guy. Yeah. Um, but we want to talk about best in-game dunkers, which the list is is different. Now, yeah. Carter's definitely on it because Carter may sure. be just – Carter probably is flat out the greatest dunker of all time. Yeah. But the list of guys that are on the in-game dunkers might be a little bit different, different. than how you'd it's rate the dunk sure. competition guys. Yeah. So I want to do that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Caden, you got anything on the dunk stuff? There's a ton of dunk I, competitions. I, I really watched a lot of dunk competitions. I mean, I know this one was not the best, but, I mean, Mac McClung, I mean – I got to give some like props to this guy because he's not even in the league and he's he's like – He's, yeah, I mean, he's won, two, he's won it two in a row, so, you know. Absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. Jason Richardson, Michigan State, that dude used to do mm, some stuff yeah, with the ball. Yeah, he yeah. had, he had again, I go to the legs. If you watch his dunks, he was always he finishing where it looked like an art form. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like what he yeah. just did. You could see two guys do the exact same dunk, and you'd see Jason Richardson do it and go like, wait, wait, like, that just looked different when he <laughs> did it. I like, got some, I will. I got like I got a dunk. I got a couple dunks that like are in my head. I'm not sure if they're good because I don't remember them. But the first the first one was the uh, Victor Oladipo, the uh, the 
Chadwick uh, the Black Panther mascot. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so you remember a couple that were more recent. Yeah. I thought you were gonna talk about the ones we do right here on this uh-huh. five foot hoop. We got the five foot yeah. hoop down here, man. We have our own competition. Yeah, uh, forgot forgot about one of the best uh dunk contests ever was in my backyard, I threw down some crazy windmills, <laughs> some crazy 360s on a on a on a eight foot hoop. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, man. We used to rent the. Uh, there used to be a place over on Dancher in Countryside called Grand Slam, where you'd rent the courts and you could oh, yeah. lower the hoops, oh, and we God. would go at it. And I agree. I mean, these things were definitely they'd be in the top three, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Vince Carter, who? It's me. Exactly, man. That's what it's all about. I mean, when oh, you were yeah. a kid, man, you wanted to lower the hoops. Yeah. Let's get them down yeah. there so we can dunk. And when you lower the hoops and you Try some of the stuff these guys are doing. That's when you get a true appreciation oh. for it. If I can't do this can't on do- eight, like <laughs> what? how are they doing it on ten? <laughs> no, I totally agree. Yeah. All right, we're moving on. All right, because we got an interview guest on here with Coop, Coop got to learn the rules real quick. You don't get to come on this show and not talk sports. You want to get to that interview, you got to talk sports with us. Unless somebody comes to us and says, I got a major time commitment, I can't do it. I, I you know, I can only give you this. 15 yeah. minutes or whatever. Otherwise, you got to talk sports with us because that's the show. That's what oh, it's born on. Sure. So this has been so much fun, dude. Yeah. I'm so glad you came on, gave us your football opinions. It's nice that you're a football player. We – I shouldn't say we. Caden played ball this yeah. year. I was not a football guy in high school. I didn't play. Yeah. But if you ask anybody in my family, including my brother and my dad, we know more about it than anyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we always joke. We always joke. Like, yeah, you might have played for 20 years, but we watch a lot. And you know <laughs> – so we have fun with that, but yeah. no, man, we appreciate you coming on. And I met Coop, uh, his sisters babysat the kids when they were younger. And right away, man, Coop kind of took Caden under his wing and uh, actually talked to Caden about playing football and was a big part of, of the reason Caden decided to, to do the LT football thing. And I've just been super impressed by you, man. Just the way that you communicate right out of the gate. You were just a kid. Look me in the eyes. And, you know, eye to eye, talk to me. It was awesome. I mean, so I was so impressed. So when I thought about, hey, let's let's start bringing in some youth sports, some high school sports. Yeah. Let's get some guys on here. Let's talk to them. We were excited to to do that with you. And I said, hey, let's go five questions. Yeah. Um, five <clears throat> questions seems like the, the perfect mark. Yeah. And then, you know, let you run with it. Whatever you got for us is going to be fun. But the first one we had here was um, telling us about your football journey, just the path yeah. from playing freshman or LFC or whatever you did all the way to now being the varsity center, I believe. Is that yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, so just just give it to us, man. Tell us how that journey's been. Yeah, so um, a lot of people like – a lot of people think of when you played younger, it had to be club team. But since I was St. Cletus, right, uh, we had our St. Cletus team – we, uh, to say the least, we uh, weren't Super Bowl contenders. Uh, we went zero and nine. Well, everybody playing both ways. Yep, I I never came out of out of the game ever. Right, I'd go from I I think I was playing left tackle at that point. I played left tackle and I would go right back to nose guard. Right, actually, my I think good my, endurance. I got your oh, endurance. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my biggest biggest highlight of my whole life might actually be from St. Cletus is when I was playing defensive line, I it was we were getting blown out. They had all of the backups in except for us, our team, because we wanted to score a yep. touchdown. We didn't score a touchdown for the first six games, by the way. So but it would teach you if you really love the game, right? Yeah. This is like you really yeah. love the game. Do you, do you really want through, to play or not? You're gonna go yeah. through an 0 9 season. Yeah. You gotta love it. Um my biggest highlight, we I, I don't remember anything about the situation. I and I was a double striper, right? So you 
if I touched the ball, I had to go right down. I couldn't run with it. It was if I touched the ball, the play was dead, right? Because I was heavier than everyone. Got it. And okay. So I was playing nose guard. I broke through the line so much faster than anyone else. I took the handoff from the quarterback. <laughs> he was handing the ball off to the, the running back. The running back like didn't seem to know what he was doing. I just ran and took the handoff and fell over. Awesome. Probably my biggest highlight. He stole ever. the ball. This just is like right this hand. is like one better than uh, Clowney when he blew up the yeah. guy as soon as yeah. he got the yep, handoff. Yep, you yep, actually yep. got the handoff. Got that? I took the handoff from the quarterback. Yeah, that's getting there quick, man. Oh, for I would sure. say that's getting I there mean, quick. So that's it's cool. Fifth grade football. So quick is slow, but it's pretty quick. Somebody missed a block, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, I mean, we, <laughs> maybe maybe two or three guys missed a block, but <laughs> hey, wherever your moment came, exactly. that's what I'm saying, Kate. You never know when that moment's gonna come. You just don't know, man. It could yeah. be in eighth grade. It could be junior year. You don't know. You just yeah. got to keep playing. Yeah. So that's cool. So that's so the journey starts in St. Cletus. St. Cletus, yeah. And then after that 0-9 season, I needed to get out of Cletus and go yeah. play club football with real guys who knew what they were doing and gotcha. real coaches and all that stuff. Not to say that the uh, Cletus coaches were bad in any way. It's just trying to teach a fifth grader how to play football is hard, and they've right. never done it before. So sure. Um, so then I went over to LFC, and I played the next three years there until I got to high school. But I going in or actually throughout all of LFC, I was a left tackle. Okay. I was I was left tackle. I was bigger than everyone. I was still I I w- I didn't necessarily grow more than anyone else. I grew sooner. So I was I was one of the tallest ones on the team and obviously that caught up to me and now I'm one of the shortest ones on the team but <laughs> oh, that's the, yeah, that's how it goes. Hey man, you take advantage when oh, you yeah. got the size oh, you yeah. take advantage of yeah. it and hopefully it hangs on as long as it can mm-hmm. but Yeah. Um, right? Are you six feet? Are you right there? Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah I was going to say. But I'm the, six feet. Yeah, you wear big spikes, right? Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Put some padding hey, with, in the with, bottom uh, right there. With uh, cleats and helmet on, I'm six too. Hey, look, on the board, <laughs> on the board, we're putting you at six. That's it. And at, the, at the combine, we're putting you at six. You see a little tiptoe action? It's all good. Um, but, yeah, so the first year with LFC uh, – I uh we made it we made it to the Super Bowl. And this was we played at Benedictine. Right? We made it to the Super Bowl. We were playing the Palatine Panthers. It was a rough game. Uh it was very close actually. It came right down to the wire. It was I actually it was it was overtime. We got down to overtime and that was it we played it like college rules. You get it at the I think we did it at the 15. Gotcha. You get a first down and you got a score. Um and so we 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 did not score first. We got four and outed. They made a nice play, whatever. And the they they got to fourth fourth down on the five yard line, and their quarterback throws a little a little touch pass right over our linebacker. He jumps up, misses it, and they win the game. It was a rough one. It's a good run though. Oh, for sure, it was it's a great a run. run. Making it to the Super Bowl is always always important. But um, then the next year, I'm still playing left tackle. But this year we have Palatine. This is seventh grade. Yeah. yeah. So I've we have we're making it. We're getting a run to the Super Bowl. Where we play Palatine again in the semifinals. The rematch. The rematch. We play them in the semis. It's a big game. It's very close. We had we had one offensive touchdown, one defensive touchdown, one special teams touchdown. All three facets. All all three. We were we were. Bill Belichick. We were locked and loaded, but actually. I did say that was my my biggest play was that taking it from the quarterback. But my most influential wow, my most influential play was that seventh grade year. We're up by a touchdown, and they're driving down to to 
score again to try to win this game. And I'm playing defensive line. I get through the line and I got I, – I, this is when I started to get my football IQ. At this yeah. point, I played for three years, four years now. So I'm like, all right, I got through this line way too quickly. Gotcha. Right? I broke through this line too quick. I was like, wait, something's going on. That hasn't happened all game. Why did it just happen now? And I take one step and I realize it's a screen pass. Right, I see the little running back. He's coming here. I take one step back, jump up, pick off this ball. Ooh, nice. Pick off this ball, start running. I put a move on the quarterback. I put a move on him, and he just did not want to try to touch me at all. So he I just didn't know old lineman can catch, man. Oh, yeah. he just, oh, that yeah. must have been those days that Cletus playing both ways. All of a sudden, you learn how to catch over there, huh? Yeah, That's cool, yeah. man. You got a pick. Yeah. Is that your only pick? That's my only pick so far. Um, hey, there's more to come. Oh, for sure. Next senior year, year baby. Senior year. We I'm got one. Hard. We got one. Yeah. Uh, and then we uh, we won that game. That was like the game ceiling. We took a knee after I got that interception. Nice. Just sold the game. We won it. Um, we went on to the Super Bowl, played Arlington Heights, and we uh, we beat them. Oh, 24-22. And nice. I think we scored with a last second touchdown. It was a really big game at Benedictine. The stands were full. Nice. It was, it was, it was a nice game. Are you playing with a lot of the same kids? Oh, my God. Goodness, every single one that's awesome. on the LT. Like most of the starters, either played their Catholic league school. Like I know there's some kids, St. John's, yeah, St. Yeah. Francis, right? But a lot of the core guys that all started last year, started this year, um, all came through my LFC team. Cool. And that actually brings me to my point. Seventh grade year, I started doing a celebration with one of my receivers. The dirty dancing, I hold them up in the air. Oh, yeah. We started doing it seventh grade year, and I did. We did it seventh grade, eighth grade. We didn't do it freshman year, but then we did it sophomore year. And I think I've year. seen that. I saw yeah, that on saw Instagram it. or something. Me and Travis That's pretty Stam, cool. Yeah, but uh, and then the next year we had a very successful year. Made it to the Super Bowl, but lost to Arlington Heights. That's a good run, though. Yeah. Three years in a three, row. Three years in a row making it every year was really impressive. We had uh, some great guys on that team, but cool. And then, and then, so that freshman year was when I really got hit with like the high school stuff. Yeah, right. They were like, "You are not a left tackle, right? You're not the tallest anymore. You're just average height now. So you're a guard." I was left guard my freshman year. I I got moved up to the sophomore team. Um, so I was playing sophomore with Ryan Jackson. He was the quarterback, yep. and uh, all the all the other guys that are big name LT guys were already moved up to varsity but got it we we went we didn't have a great season I mean I think we went like six and three something like that and there's no playoffs obviously for sophomores but um that was my yeah that was freshman year I played a little I played a little defensive line I was nose but then they moved me out to end I got a I got a nice bat down play against uh Hinsdale nice when we played them but yeah that year it was it was um it was it was a lot of fun because like freshman year it was it's kind of upsetting I didn't get to play with any like my guys I had played with That's eighth true, grade year yeah. but I mean you make yeah I mean if the, you get yeah, an opportunity exactly. to go up you're gonna go I'm up. gonna take it for sure um, and yeah I mean that's really it for freshman year but then sophomore year they pulled me up to varsity and I came in thinking I'm a I'm a guard how do you get that news. How do you get that news? Um, like, well, I mean, is it like... Well, yeah. So it was... I showed up on day one summer camp. And I had played with the sophomores the year before. So I had just sort of walked with them. And then Coach Butcher came up to me. He's like, you're... Like, we're pulling you up for varsity. He's like, we think you can do well on this offensive line. Like, we think if you don't start, you're going to have a big role as a backup player or whatever. And then um, there was a little drama my sophomore year because we heard of this kid... 
um, that he went to he went to a military school in Wisconsin, and he he's an offensive lineman. He's a he's a great guy, like great player. Yeah, and I was getting scared because I'm fighting for a spot here. There's, right, right, right. There's, yeah. there's three returning players. So it's uh, was it Ronnie Bass from uh, Remember the Titans? He showed a military <laughs> kid. He showed up in the car through yeah, the football. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, just yeah. had to cut his hair. <laughs> That was, um, <laughs> that was this is your version good. of Ronnie it's, it's Bass. My, yeah, it's my my version of Sunshine. That's uh, it, exactly. Uh, and so I was really scared because I was like, I don't want him not play this year. Like it's a big year, and he came in, and I just at at that point they were like, we have we have two guards that are going to play, right? So you can't play guard. There's no spot for you at guard. And then we have two tackles. We have Eddie Turk and Aiden Howlett. Eddie Turk is obviously at Illinois right now. Right. And they were like, you're not playing tackle for sure. You you could probably fit in at guard every once in a while, maybe a few games, or you could play center. And I was like, I had tried out center a few times in LFC, but I could it's never different. snap the ball. It's, it's so different. much different. It's so much IQ. It's so much knowing what, like, the one of my biggest qualities as a center is I know what everyone on the offensive line is doing on every single play. Wow, it's it's yeah. just reps and all. You got to know what's going on. A lot of a lot of studying the, the film. The quarterback of the line, essentially. Yeah, yeah or... for sure. And I'm calling out the different pass protections. I'm calling out blitzes, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so they they moved me there, and me and this the military kid are fighting out for a spot, and I ended up getting it. Um, and then started the rest of the year. Never missed a game. Never missed a play at center. All all sophomore year and junior year, I didn't miss a play. Um, I think there's a lesson in there, right? Like if your coaching staff identifies you as be, having potential in another area, look at it, it right? Take it. I mean, take it. Yeah, take it. There's there's so many uh, examples that coaches like when I was getting told, "Do you want to play center?" I was like, you know, like I tried it out before and I wasn't too great at it. But they were like, they pulled up, I think it was like six right off the bat. These people, all LT alums, I knew all of their names. He was like, he was a cornerback. We put him at receiver. He's playing D1 right now. Got it. And it's, yeah, you, you sure. when when they say that, you can't be like, no. You got to put that trust in that staff oh, too, that they yeah. know, you know, they've yeah. seen it. They've seen kids. Mm-hmm. They've seen body types. They've seen, uh, you know, they've seen all these different prototypes yeah. in front of them. Essentially, they know what works best in what mm-hmm. spots based on your skill level. Yeah, yeah. And then... That I mean, that year was real successful. We uh, ended up going six and three in the regular season. No, seven and two. Nice. Yeah, we were seven and two. We lost to uh, Glenbard West and we lost to York. Um, and then we went on and played in the quarterfinals that year, which was our most successful. That was we tied for the best ever LT team to date. Was that team? I don't I don't remember the last team. I think it was one of Ben Ryan. Ben Bryan's teams. Got it. But yeah, we made it there, lost to uh, Loyola in the quarters, which was a rough game. I mean, it's a good they, run, though. Loyola is oh, the, what is that? Are they two time state champs right now? Or right they... now, they're two time reigning. Yeah. yeah so, and I they, mean, they, they, they're going to go down. They've got some dudes. Yeah, they've for got sure. Some dudes, yeah. For sure. I was blocking, I was blocking a 315 pound 6'8 guy. <laughs> I think Lincoln Way East has yeah. been second East twice in a row. Been, yeah. Yeah, so you've had the same championship and, game two years in a row. It's going to be different this year because uh, Mount Carmel moved up into our into our conference. Ooh, okay. They moved up from seven A. They they went on. I think it was a six or seven Pete. Oh wow! Yeah, time They're to just, move up, boys. It's, ti- it's time to play in the big <laughs> league. Yeah, it's just because they've got so much less kids in their yeah. school. But I mean, they're a powerhouse every single year. Um, and then this year, I mean, you can have less, but when you're uh, 
selective yeah. in a sense yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. Who those, with, with who yeah. those kids are. You, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this year, I mean, it was uh, a little less successful, but I mean – Every year you make it to the second round of the playoffs, it's a great year. I mean, yeah, I mean, we get beat the... down Stevenson. We had, we ended up going six and three this year. We lost to uh, uh, Mount Prospect. We lost to Glenbard, and we lost to York. Got it. Um, I was keeping an eye on you guys, man. I'm yeah. keeping an eye on you with some of those pancakes, and you're, you're doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Proud year, of you, man. You, did, yeah, you had a good year. Yeah, this year I actually I won the hammer board for like the pancake board. Uh, I yeah, it. I saw so that too. I had, yeah, uh, nice. Had the most. Most on the team beat out Eddie Turk and uh, DZ, both D1 commits. So That's a pretty big deal. It was, it was an impressive. It was impressive award. Um, well, with all these characters you're mentioning, you gotta have you gotta have something good from the locker room, don't you? You gotta have some, yeah. something PG you could give us for the yeah, locker room. Yeah, like, yeah. PG thirteen. Yeah, PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was uh, in the off season of last year, right? So I'm coming in. I'm going to be a junior for my junior season, and we have to lift every morning. You know. Get, a, get up every morning, 5 a.m., come to a lift at 5.45. And so, you know, it's, it's the morning. I had a big dinner the night before. I really got to go to the bathroom, right? It's always a good bathroom story. You just can't miss. You can't Always miss. a good bathroom story. <laughs> so I'm running into the bathroom, and I sit down on the toilet, and I'm like, why does it smell like menthol in here? Like, what's, what's that smell? Why is it, like, super minty in here? Oh. It's super minty. Like, what is this? I sit down, and I'm like, oh, no. Someone had Somebody put you. Icy Hot on the entire ring of the toilet. Oh. And for the rest of the lift and the rest of the day, I'm sitting there and there's Icy Hot all over my butt. You might get your just, PR that day. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there. Everyone was laughing at me in the in the weight room. But, yeah, that was that was probably one of the funniest times I was sitting Guys, there. You just, put too much of that stuff on, oh, boy. It, that it, is hot. It, it's hot. It burns. <laughs> It's real cold and then it burns. So somebody got you. That's someone basically got what I happened. never found out who it was, but someone got me. At this stage, I don't think you're going to find out nope. either. You know, when <laughs> yeah, they no. find out who they got, they probably yeah, yeah. they don't want <laughs> to find out who get they paid, got now. You know? yeah. They were hoping to get a, a small freshman. <laughs> you know, that's what yeah. they wanted. You know? But I always laugh when it comes to that locker room stuff. That's a good one, man. Yeah, but I, I remember. Never that bathroom. I remember Ooh, calling bathroom. calling this guy up, saying, "Hey, I'm out front, whatever." And he, you know, he played freshman yeah. me this year, yeah, and they were awesome. They went like eight and one. Yeah, guys good. I think we tied. One yeah, nice. they, they went eight yeah. and one, but I'm calling this, you know, and, and I could hear the madness in the locker room. And I'm thinking, if there's one thing I want this kid to experience, I'm hearing it in the background, yeah. yep. which is like yep. Yep. a bunch of freshmen going nuts yelling, in the locker room after beating whatever. like I think you guys was, beat uh, York we, or well, something. Yeah, we we no, it was Hinsdale. Hinsdale. Oh yeah, if you yeah, if it was Hinsdale Central, you guys. So they were going nuts in there, yep. and I was just like, okay, dude, actually, I'm like, you just take as long as you need. Yeah. I'll be out here. Right? If you yeah. guys are having fun in the locker room, I was excited because I actually got in the game for the fifth quarter. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was your first fifth quarter opportunity. So that was cool. Um, Here we go. So let's jump to college now because that's your next thing. You got your senior year, which is going to be fun. I'm sure you're going to have an absolute blast. But how's that search going? And then how does sports play into that decision? So um, I haven't fully decided yet if I want to play in college. Um, I'm currently keeping all of my options on the table. I'm not going to say until, until... Whatever, until I make a decision, I'm not going to be like, I'm just done with it because it's the sport I grew up playing. I love playing football. But right. there's also a chance to just new chapter, new start, sure. you know, try something different. But so I'm keeping my options open. So I'm looking at schools that are D3 football, right? And club volleyball. We have some a PT in that range. Yeah. Exactly. I could, there's a definite chance I could go out and make a D1 roster and not see the field on PAT. 
Right. And that's right. not something I want to do. If I'm going to a school to for play sure. football, I'm I'm going to play. I get you know? that. Yeah, and, for sure. And I so, didn't even get into your volleyball career. Yeah, man. I know, I know, you're, I know you're, yeah. you're awesome at volleyball, but I'm sitting here going, man, we got. I'm like, I know we're going to push time already because we love talking sports. <laughs> yeah. So I knew we we're going to push it, so I yeah. didn't jump yeah, on that yeah, too yeah. much. But you could talk about well, it. That's cool. No, yeah, just, but and that plays in too, right? It, it does. Yeah. So doing. the D3 schools I'm looking at, I'm not just looking at every single D3 school because I mean, there's a lot of them. You know, there's tons of them. But I'm looking at schools that could also I could play some club volleyball, do. And football at the same time, like just have fun, basically. Sure. Yeah. And um, the D three schools, it's all about like getting my name out there currently. Because since I'm not going into my senior season yet, like summer going into senior year is the year where like all the coaches start coming in. But um, the like the the main thing I've been doing is going to camps and just getting my name out there and like emailing coaches, filling out recruitments, doing all that stuff so like they could try to hear me out. I'm, I've got my huddle film out there, you know, sending it to coaches every now and then. So, so you'll yeah. go to camps for actual like D3 schools. They put them together yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you can go out there and kind of. Yeah. The the biggest one I went to was, uh, well, the best, I mean, the one I've liked the most was Case Western out okay. in Cleveland. Uh, okay. And that was, uh, had a nice chat with the coaches afterwards too and just got to play a little bit. So Is that like a weekend? So would you do that yeah, over like yeah, a Saturday, yeah, yeah. Sunday so type it was, of thing? So it was a Saturday, Saturday camp, and I got there Friday night and just went there Saturday, came home right after, and it was great. As, does a potential major choice, meaning like business, whatever, does that also at this stage play in? Yeah. As I you're mean, consider- it's just so many things to think yeah, about. I mean, I you think, got a couple different yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. Then you got to think about a major. Then yeah. you got to think D1, D2, D3. I mean, yeah, it's just it seems yeah. like a the, <laughs> just an ocean of possibilities oh, yeah, there. Yeah. So I think it definitely plays a factor because especially because it's not D1, and I'm not going to play at a D1 school. It's like I I need to th- – my life after college isn't going to the NFL. Like right. I know that. I'm, I know I'm not going to the NFL. It's not going to happen. I'm not – whatever. But So this is this is like so the, your real choices right now. Yeah, like what do I think I'm going to be doing? What do I want to do when what I'm What am I going to major in other than sports, right? When I, when I, want, when I grow up, what am I going to be? You yes. Know? And so it plays a factor. I'm not going to go to a D3 school that's – an awful academic school because I want a different part of my life other than football. I want to have a good, not that you can't have a good job going to a bad school, but I want the best job I can get after playing football. So it's, it's finding a smart school that has the, the classes that I might want to take, or I think I might be interested in also having that D3 football aspect. Whatever you choose to do, you're going to be successful at, man. Yeah, I've known that from day one. I remember, like, you had this thing about you where even though you knew that you weren't a baseball player necessarily, you played ball and you loved it. Like, we yeah. went over and watched you play mm-hmm. Babe Ruth yeah. and we're like, dude, Coop, like, you were lighting up the place, man. Yeah. Everybody's like, hey, there's Cooper. Like, you just kind of had this charisma. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You had this charisma. People were there watching you and you were just there like, this isn't my top sport, but I'm going to work hard at this Let's sport. And I'm going to enjoy hard. this. Yeah. I still want to do good. Yeah. I'm still competitive. I'm still going to compete. I yeah. still want to win. But like this sport is literally something I'm just going to come out here and two have a good time, time at. Two-time Babe Ruth League champion. There it is. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and that's fun. Caden, are you, uh, what do you got, man? I'm, I know that you are prepared because I said I got five questions. Right, um, I want you, Caden, to come up with one question. What is the biggest piece of advice you have for underclassmen and both sports and education? 
Yeah, so, bad Kate in there. You go. I like it. I like it. Not that you were reading that. That just came right totally off the top. Right off the top. Yeah, no, of head. Just right off the top of his head. You can tell, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I think for football, um, at, sports in general is just keep at it. You know, like my freshman year, I well freshman going into sophomore year, I was in the weight room. And even before that, like when I started knowing I really like football, I hit the weight room like crazy, which built like a crazy good base for me so that I could just put up these crazy numbers I am right now. But like doing, doing also doing all the small things and keeping yourself disciplined. Like you, you got to work your hardest to do well, but then also don't cheat yourself, right? Like you don't want to go out there. If you're in the weight room, you don't want to go and start skipping sets or skipping days. When you want to be the best player you can be, you want to just get after it every single day, consistency and just work hard at any, like whatever you're doing, even if it's, this also ties into school, just work hard, you know, like yeah. you might not be the smartest kid ever, but if you're giving your best effort, that's all you can ask for, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. I always say like, if you're not doing something right. So like, if you want to be good at a sport, you know, you, if you're in baseball, you know, you got to go field ground balls. Yeah. You know, you got to go to the cages, you know, you got to go put the work in to get bigger, stronger, faster. Well, education is the same thing. Yeah. If you're not, if you want to get an A on your math, you got to study. <laughs> right. If you're not like, studying, if you're not you know, putting in time to improve, then you're not going to get a good grade. Yeah. It's so sports and education really do go hand in hand in that matter. Yeah. It's like hard work gives you good results. Oh, for sure. And consistency yeah. also provides oh, good results yep. for you. And like the weight room is a big area you see that, mm -hmm. right? You see kids that, you know, they, they get hot and heavy into it for a short mm -hmm. period of time, but it's the dudes, it's, it's the dudes that can stick with it. Yeah. You yeah. can also see a guy who's a standout freshman, sophomore year that just came in with a ton of physical tools, a ton of natural ability. Yeah, and then, then when it came time to get the IQ mm -hmm. and to put the work in yep. and to stay in the gym, yeah. you see kids coming that are just climbing that ladder every yeah. year yeah. and they're taking that kid's spot. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that a lot because obviously he's undersized yeah. and so forth. Yeah. I said, hey, look, I don't care what you want to do with sports, but if you choose to keep playing, which I, which do it, man, because yeah. this is your only opportunity yeah. to play organized yeah. sports in your mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Like, just keep working because yeah. you'd be surprised how many kids aren't yeah. working. I like I like the uh, the quote. I'm blanking on who said it. Uh, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. <laughs> That's right. Like, no, I mean, it's, it's so true. You and be, a lot of times, talent does fail to work yep. hard. That's the only thing that that quote didn't finish was like mm -hmm. most of these guys feel like they got this natural ability. Yeah. They don't see these boys coming. Yep. They don't see the Coopers coming. He's in the gym every day. Who's putting yeah. in work, who's studying film, who's like getting his IQ up so yeah. he can roll off and steal that screen pass or mm -hmm. knock that pass down <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is. Like they don't see that. They don't know that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, sometimes you're better off having a little bit of a hill, hill to climb mm -hmm. than to just always be coasting. Teaches you to work hard. I mean, when I was younger, I was, I, I mean, I'll say it, there's no thing, nothing behind it. I was overweight as a younger kid, and then I stuck with it, and I was like, okay, I need to get in shape. And then me getting in shape just built muscle, and then I was like, okay, let's start building muscle. Let's get stronger and stronger, and it just kept kept growing into now you're in a football yeah, player. Exactly, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Now I've got a football build. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. So you know the bonus question, man. The bonus question is when you're going to get Turk here. We got to get <laughs> Turk on the sports line. We'll like maybe open up the doorway a couple of inches and we can get him down here. We can get him into the lab, man. We're yeah. like we're trying to do a thing. We want to get a, you know, we want to have some LT love yeah. in here, you know, yeah, yeah. cuz um and it's obviously fun to start with you. Mm -hmm. We also speaking of LT before you answer if you can get him on here mm -hmm. is uh Gunner Gorelli. Shout out oh to him. Oh my god. Second place yeah. in 
Jackson State, one sixty-five, which is a killer, man. I mean, you're dealing yeah. with some beasts at that so level. Dudes. And a kid that came from, you know, I looked at him a little bit. Came from one twenty-six freshman yep. year. So you're not talking about a dude that just stuck, tried to stick mm-hmm. at a weight or two weight classes the whole way through. Built. He let his body come up. Yeah. He let his body grow, and to do that, so yeah. shout out to Gunner, man. Came in second and was right there. I yeah. think he lost by a point, man. Yeah. Um, and you close. know what? That's fun competition yeah. because him and that kid traded wins losses mm-hmm. throughout the year all, that kid yeah, from all west season, yeah. all season and for them boys them boys got respect for each other yeah um they got respect for the hard work that they put in mm-hmm. so congrats to both of them but once again yeah. shout out to gunner and lt yeah. and so what's up what's the relationship with turk can you yeah. get him into the lab yeah so uh currently probably not he's been he's well, <laughs> i know he's down in illinois yeah, i know right? he's already down it's there. a summer visit man yeah. we got to get yeah, him yeah. on in the summer i can definitely hit him up i mean let him know yeah. tell him to oh, listen to you yeah. and say hey these guys they're fun to roll mm-hmm. with we want to get you down in the basement yeah. lab and, and get and, on a show in the summer if and, he comes back around and also worst case i mean not even worst case it's still a great case as if Anyone else. I can hit oh, up every LT player who wants to. What we're going to you know? do is we'll let you get into your season. Yeah. We'll bring and you then, guys in after yeah, like a yeah, big yeah, win yeah. or something. Oh and then God. you guys after in, a We'll just have win? like oh. a madness pod just yeah. where you guys are just celebrating and talking yeah. trash. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you some mic time. It will be fun. No, we can definitely <laughs> yeah. roll this into yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. I'd love to have you back, man. I know. I know especially Travis Stam. He'd love to come here and talk. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the wide receiver. Yeah. Isn't his brother? Yeah. Tyler. He's Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, so these yeah, there's some. We could definitely we could definitely there. get guys. Tyler Chambers starting left tackle this year for sure. We could we I could definitely get a bunch of those guys currently, and I could probably convince some of them graduated guys to come back and come. That would be come get awesome. on the co- podcast. That'd be awesome because what we're trying to do is we're gonna try to shoot to do an interview setting like once a month so yeah. every four pods or so yeah. we'll bring in an interview setting because we think that it's just such a huge part of the yeah. pod that not only bring in people to talk about their sports experiences. Mm-hmm. But also, it helps build the pot, helps build oh, that audience, sure. yeah, and yeah, helps yeah. you know. At, now that person's friends are going to jump on, and that's what we want. We yeah. want people listening to us if yeah. they if they enjoy talking sports, yeah. enjoy the things that we talk about. So once again, man, thank yeah. you so much for coming sure. on. It was a lot of fun. Everybody listening, we appreciate it. Wherever you get your pods, remember to like us and follow us. Spotify, Apple. Thank you very much. You guys have a great night. <laughs>